Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Hi, and welcome back to the Am Studios Music Industry Podcast brought to you by Old Mutual. My name is Meg G, and it is still an honor to be a part of this great initiative. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the Am Studios or check out all the masterclasses and content we've created for you, just go on to our website, www.ampdstudios.co.za. That's www.ampdstudios.co.za. Ampedstudios.co.za or send your name to our WhatsApp line 081 707 That's 081 707 On this episode, we bring you part two of the incredible masterclass uh, hosted by one of the pioneers of SA hip hop. I am talking about Slicker. Check it out. In the past 15 years, music is the only thing that, like, how it's been accessed has changed drastically. And now, look now when we're into streaming. All of a sudden, there's a new player. It was the guy that's selling you computers. The guys that are selling you computers now are now the players. Now you got to look at what does the contract mean for the guy that was selling you computers? For the guy that literally, like, is selling you the publisher, which is the publisher. I'm talking about iTunes. I'm talking about, like, um. What is it? Spotify, you know? Um, now you got to Now there's a new layer. There's a new layer on that, which means that there are a couple of new pages on the contract that you need to look at. So, where the hell does the music come in? Does anyone know? I just, I'm going to drink some water while y'all think about it. I also want to think about it, you know? So, I think uh, to answer your question, sir. The music comes in as an important part because it's the product, in essence. It's the foundation. Without the music, there is no industry to discuss. There aren't any contracts to sign. There aren't any publishers to publish. There aren't any artists to, to, to make music, really, because <coughs> music is the product. So that's where it comes in, I think. Okay, cool. It was a rhetorical question, but cool. <laughs> um, you got a valid point though, but you'll get at me just now. Um, so, I mean, all I wanted to do is just give context on when people talk about the music industry. Now let's talk about like a manager. With all the things that I've said, do, is your manager gonna be your homie? I mean, with all the layers that I've talked about, how are you going to choose your manager? Is the manager going to be the guy that like is always seeing you, you know, hanging out with you? The guy that's literally like always just, you know, when you're at a party, he's the one that just goes, yeah, hey, you must listen to my guy, you know? <laughs> How are you going to choose your manager now? All of a sudden, it's not about the music anymore. It becomes highly, highly driven by academics. It becomes highly driven by like um, who, who is your team and how flexible are they to change when things change. And when there are new pages in this contract, who's ready to read those new pages? And because back then we were selling vinyls or we were selling CDs or we were selling tapes, when the 
now it's, it's streaming. When streaming is about to come two, three years ago, what does the, is your manager going to make, have meetings with the streaming companies to go, what's next? When the new business becomes, becomes um, well, you know, a tape, I'll give an example. We used to sit back then and go, okay, this is how easy it was to almost calculate your royalty. We used to go, okay, so uh, the, they're selling our CD for 45 rand to Musica, ne? Uh, and then Musica's gonna put a 100% markup, so it's probably gonna be 90 rand. So for Tina, I think they called it, uh, we, we, we go, let's say if we had an artist deal or whatever, we go 45 rand, ne? and then minus all expenses, and it's sold, and you calculate 20,000 CDs, you could go 45 rand times 20,000, oh no, no, gold at the time is 25,000, 45 rand times 25,000, and then you get to a total, and then you start minusing, okay, minus one, two, three, and this is our percentage. It was simple mathematics if you knew what the line items were. Today, <laughs> you can't even count how you're making money. You know, today they're telling you that like for a million streams you get so much and you're like, damn. Now, if you're going to get a million streams, you've already dropped, if you're going to drop 10,000 songs, now you're counting how many songs you've dropped. Just so each one of them can be streamed maybe a thousand times or something, you know? So what does, what does that mean? What's the dynamic? Now, I've got my manager now. If I'm your manager right now, I'd say, yo, do you really want to make music? Or do you really want to create in this environment? And if your answer is yes, I'm going to tell you, okay, just sit in the studio. Stay low and keep firing. Never ask. Just sit and keep pushing out the music while I go figure it out on how you're going to make money. Because your money now is not going to come from the record sale. Your money now is going to come from your relationships. Your manager starts becoming your relationship manager. Your manager starts becoming the, the okay, old mutual called us in today to do what we need to do. Your manager starts going, oh, you need to come to this talk. Your manager starts sitting here and going, Josh, when Josh is here, after Josh is done speaking, he goes, ah, Josh, eh, eh, you know, so this guy. And Josh goes, no, you got to go there. And then, like, he goes there, and he does the follow-up. And when a deal comes through, your manager is the one that must manage the diva in you. If your manager is not doing that, if all your manager is doing is sitting in the studio with you going, yo, those bars, dope. <laughs> Man, a person's not necessary, you know? I mean, your manager just needs to believe in you, firstly, that's all. But then, your manager has to have every other skill. And I mean, shit, at least he must know what a hit is also. But he has to have every other skill than saying that he can make music and saying that he loves music. Because most managers just say that, I just love music, you know? I just love music. No, bro, don't play. This ain't a game. And that's why I want to go back to the tomorrow. Decide. Are you going to be eating for fun in your house? Or are you going to take your tomorrow and know that you're going up against Woolworths, you're going up against Pick and Pay, you're going up against everyone else that sells tomatoes? How are you going to price your tomato? What makes your tomato the tomato, tomato, tomato? I mean, what makes your tomato that important? 
And this music thing that you have, and that's why it's so hard to calculate, it's a gift. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, for me, I go, if you can't create music, it's, it's just not in you. You know, if you don't have melodies that just play in your head and words that just come, which are related to your life, it's not in you. It's not in you. You must, if it's in you, it will, it will find you. It will find you. You'll be walking and you'll just go, zing, 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 and you go, what the hell did I say? You know? You'll hear a melody and go, uh, and then you go, did I hear that from somebody before I record it? Because they might say I bit it. No, it sounds like me. If those things are not frequently happening in your head, where I'm saying, even if I haven't commercially and mainstream made a song, I can't tell you how many days, every day, I'm like, and then I literally pull out my phone and I record. Zing, 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 zing. And I say, one day, one day, I'll go back to the studio. You know, because I've accepted that music has taken me, but, you know, I, I, I don't really want to, I, I don't want to frustrate myself with trying, and this is my decision. I don't want to frustrate myself by trying to be a successful musician and take away the love that I have for music. So I'd rather try to do other things, but still bring in music in my life through those other things that I do. And that's a decision that I've made, you know? So that's why I always go, you always got to define yourself. Are you in it to sell it? And if you're in it to sell it, you got to know if you're going up against Woolworths, what's your packaging looking like? You know? If you're going up against pick and pay, what's your price looking like? If you're going up against ShopRite, who's the person that's putting you out there and speaking on your behalf? Because if your manager speaks on your behalf all the time and you hear him and you cringe, then he's the wrong person. You know what I mean? So all these things are very key when you get into the music industry because, I mean, it's easy for me to give you the terminology, the type of deals, the publishing, the this, the that. All those things are easy to give. You can even read them and Google them, you know? I mean, a kid called me last night and he said he got my number from someone, someone, and um, I don't even know who. <laughs> you know, when Azusa say, yo, I got your number from, and I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is too, but like, okay, continue, you know? <laughs> And he called me like last week and I, I, I couldn't speak to him, but he called me again last night. And he's like, so I said, listen, I'm not in the music business industry way where I'm finding artists anymore. And then he goes, oh, okay, cool, thank you. Then he calls me again, 30 minutes, sorry to bother you again. Um, I just wanted to actually ask, um, can you link me with other people, you know, that do this? And I said to him, yo, bro, you've called me three times and you've got my number. You haven't even sent me one song. What you should be saying to me is, listen to what I do. Because I'm going to link you with anyone. But I haven't even heard. You're so in a rush to be in front of someone that can help you. You're not going, yo, my tomato is dope, though. Because if you literally came to me and said, my tomato is dope, instead of you going, yo, can you help me? I got this tomato. You know, I got this tomato. How much do you believe in your tomato? So I literally said to him, yo, B, I'm in 100 with you. 
I mean, I don't know him, but I, you know, but I'm 100. If you got my phone number, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Firstly, because you're calling me at half past seven, so I'm like, you know, I won't tweet it though, like KO. But like the thing is that, like you know, I will, um, I'll literally like, um, I told him, I said, V, you should be sending me your music. Now, okay. Then he sends me the three songs, and can you listen to them? I say, yeah, just send me the songs, and I'll listen to them when I listen to them. But the point is that everybody thinks that, like, being in the industry is something. There's no such thing as being in the industry. There's no such thing as being in the industry. You are a creative, and if your stuff has value, and if your stuff is different, and if you fight for your stuff, you are positioned, the industry will position itself for you. You know, we were squatter camp. There was no squatter camp. There was no hip hop besides like um, Prophets of the City, um, Black Noise. From a mainstream perspective, there was no hip hop. We had to fight so the industry could position itself for us. The only way you're going to survive in this industry is if you literally create from the heart and then you have the right people and your mind knowing how to position the industry for yourself. There is no such thing as a bad deal. The only bad deal is if someone gives you a deal and you keep quiet and the deal was bad. If someone gives you a deal and you literally like read through the deal and you question one, two, three, four, you are literally shaping a good deal. Anyone giving you a deal is always looking on their side. So don't be mad after three years and said, I got a bad deal, when you literally like got the agreement and you said, let's go. I mean, if I'm in it for the money, some people don't have the ethics, but you literally make the deal that you have, just like you make what's going to happen for you during the day in any case. So remember, if you literally don't see the value in yourself, if you don't see the value in your tomorrow, someone else will literally see it. So also know self-worth. That talks to self-worth. Self-worth is key. Self-worth is key. Don't, say, don't ever come and say that you are better than this guy, you are better than that guy. I don't mean nothing. You know, I hear people always go, yeah, Casper this, Casper that. But, yo, go outwork him. That's the only way you're going to beat him. You know? Go outwork him. You, you think that your song is better, you got better bars, you got better... Go outwork the man. That's the only way the man is going to lose. Not through your opinions of his song. You know what? Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you what, you know what? Let me tell you what opinions say. Opinions say that you are powerless. It says that you are powerless, so you have to literally like deflect on someone else. That's all an opinion is. I am not powerful enough to do it but let me give my opinion. Because if you literally gave your opinion and, and you also did it, all of a sudden you're in the same place with that guy because now you've opened the door for criticism yourself also. So it's easier to have an opinion. It's easier. I mean, someone said opinions are like assholes. Everybody got them. You know? <laughs> it's a real thing. It's a real thing. But to get up there... And, and, and fight, because that's what this thing is about, as a challenge. So, so let's talk about this thing, though, that I always find difficult also, which I call um, 
innate potential, right? Um, you know, it's difficult to, to love innate potential. It's difficult to value it. It's difficult to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the hardest in these streets, you know? It's difficult. When we wake up every morning, I was using this, I mean, it's, it's just an analogy I was using. When we wake up every morning, we basically wake up and we don't even put any mind to the waking up. You know? You got in whatever you got in to get here, you never put any mind to it. The sad thing about life, life like is such a routine. It makes us so complacent with ourselves, with the potential that we have. That's innate potential. So with innate potential, innate potential will get you in a room. Innate potential will get you a good job. But when you literally like um, start thinking about it more, about what this innate potential is, in your mind, you will almost get bored of your innate potential and you're going to want more. And when you want more, automatically, that's going to lead you to questioning what is out there or what is in me that's more. And when you start tapping into what is in me that's more, you move from innate potential to greatness, right? Because you're going to wake up without a doubt. You're going to do what you do every day without a doubt. But what are you doing every day that literally taps into Okay, how do I make it greater? Because, once again, I'm going to talk about history. Where you are in your life is, is just really like the, what you've inherited from your history, from your ancestors and everything else. It's just that they never had like this environment 100 years ago. But they would be the exact same person that you are. So what are you doing to add on top of that? That literally goes, this is who we are. I'm into music. I, I, my, 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 I had an uncle that used to be a drummer that used to love doing whatever they did. I had a, I had a grandfather that was an entrepreneur that used to do what he, what he used to do. But how am I applying it in my world? Because I could have just stopped with rapping and just said that, yo, and continued in my time. But how am I applying it? How am I thinking about what I'm doing and where I'm doing it and who is it benefiting? for me to literally go, okay, cool. There are more people like me. Can we create like platforms where people can engage? So now we talk about the disruption of even online. When I literally started Slick on Live, it was a case of who is, I mean, I've been to all media platforms. No one, no one, no one actually sits with an artist and really understands what an artist is going through. Well, I don't know if they do it now, but like before us, Every conversation, if you're an artist, they give you three minutes in mainstream. You know everything about Rihanna, Beyonce, or everything else. They'll literally get, they'll sit on Ellen and talk with them. They'll sit on Oprah and cry. They'll sit on Save Me, Ayana, or Ayana, whatever that woman is called, you know, and literally talk about they'll, They've got various ways to break down this personality that you're saying that you care about. So when I started Slick on Live, it was like, yo, but like, no one knows what other artists are going through, local artists are going through. You don't even know their story. I mean, I, I, I sit with like Big Zulu the other day, and it was amusing how about his story, talking about how he used to be a taxi driver. He used to always like, you know, um, 
Well, he was a drag racer. Then he moved from being a drag racer to being a taxi driver. And from being a taxi driver, he left because, you know, he always carried a big, a big gun, you know. And he used to fight guys like at the taxi ranks. But because he could fight, he was like, he knew that there's some skinny guy who could maybe come shoot him. So he'd literally go to Cyphers in his taxi and go to Cyphers in his taxi. And from then on, one day he got on stage, jumped, and the gun fell on the floor. It's not like a great story, I'm just saying. You know, it's not like... Two, 2 to 18, you know, parental guidance is advised, you know? And a gun fell on stage, you know, and like, he literally said, yo, I'm done with this. And then that's when he started to just like, really dedicate himself into rap. I mean, for me, and he literally used to stay at the hostels, whatever, whatever, whatever. For me, that's a story that talks about the African-South African dynamic. But, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate and can say, I know something like this. But where is this story being told? Because I know 50 Cent's got shot eight times. I know, oh, nine. Yeah, you see? <laughs> even, the, it, it, it's so, the, the documentation is so good. You are even in the speech, someone behind go, no, nine, bro. <laughs> Relax, you know? I know 50 Cent's got, nine time, got shot nine times. Because besides music, there's the story. And what they shouldn't rob us is us telling our stories. And they shouldn't diminish us by just saying you're just a song. Because you are actually like a community, you are life. You know why people resonate to your song? You know why people liked your song? Because you said something that they went, damn. And the nigga goes, spirit. You go, ooh. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, when Kels goes, ghetto, ghetto. You know, you know, that's why I like, you know, even if it's like, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, like, like, AKA song, it's like, it's like, whatever that song is, that one, that one with the big one, the song, you know, it, it, it already just gives you the vibe, bruh, like it takes you there, you know what I mean? That does not come just from a person writing a song. That's a story. And I'll tell you why I broke down the guys who wrote, the publishing, and then the guys who bought the writing and then gave it to the artist. It's because what's happened now is that you have to be all of them. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these. The global pandemic has exposed the fact that many of us are ill-prepared for rainy days. Entertainers, in general, are among the hardest hit. We need to save for rainy days. We need to have a financial plan in place. We have all learned many lessons, especially around our finances. So let's make use of this time to reflect and plan for any future rainy days. You might not have been prepared for this one, but it doesn't mean that you cannot plan for the next one. Live within your means. Don't go overboard. There's no need to impress anyone. Don't owe anybody any success but yourself. Let's all plan for tomorrow. Speak to a financial advisor. This is the reason we partnered with MTV to provide these tips and for you to achieve your exceptionally best future. Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual. Welcome back. Let's get back into this week's Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast. So now that you have to be all of them, especially in our South African context, um, that means that you have a bigger story because no one sits there and goes, um, when, um, when whoever wrote Don't Cry For Me Argentina wrote it, whoever wrote those lyrics, 
No one goes, what, when, what was going on when you said, don't cry Argentina? The writer literally like, Mario said, ah, oh, the song came. Oh, I got a better story. Because <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure y'all saw this documentary on Netflix. But like, it's like this, um, this um, um, I think Moses, I'm bad at him. But like, it's basically the, the In the Jungle song, you know? Solomon, yes, yes. Documentation is getting better now. You see? Um, Solomon, yes, Mashang, yeah. Linda. Ah, yeah, yeah, Linda, yeah. I was getting there, Linda. But the point is that <coughs> he tells a story about how they, they basically wrote, like, the, the In the Jungle song, Umawe, Umawe. And when you hear the guy who put in the words going, you know, it, it, you know, something just comes. The, so now it's in America now because, you know, so the guy, the guy who wrote this, the, 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 the writer, the so-called writer who's now credited, he goes, because he added the words, in the jungle, the mighty jungle, you know. So he's sitting next to the piano and they're interviewing him and he goes, you know, whenever like I write a song, it's like there's something in the air. It's just, it just comes to me, you know? And I'm like, and, and like you're watching this and you go, obviously now this is like going back to the 70s where this guy was talking about how he felt this thing in the air and it came from the universe. But literally this song came from Gallo in South Africa. You know what I mean? Um, you look at that, that writer was actually telling the story of where the inspiration came from even though he was misappropriating it. The point is that he was telling the story. Today, you are the writer, you are the artist, and you are, and you are the story. Because let me tell you, there are 10 other people, I mean, I mean, use like spirit for Cuesta, not because I mean bias, but like, why would spirit work? Why would it work? You know, and, and I'll even use something like Umoya. Why would Umoya work? I remember sitting in a car with Robbie Malinga, and he was like, so Robbie Malinga, I mean, if you ever got to know him, the late Robbie Malinga, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was a funny character, <laughs> very competitive, and um, he liked joking a lot. That's, that's what he is. So what happens is that, you know, we just the new guys that got signed together, and they've been sitting there. So it's him and Spoo in the car. And we just these rap guys, you know, it's the first time that a rap group is actually traveling nationally on like a, a, a tour to go promote, a radio tour. So we go into Durban and Robbie Malinga goes something like to us in the car. He goes, yeah, ne, boys, you're going to see when we get on stage, ah, it's going to be over for you guys, you know. So he's literally like almost like intimidating us like, hey, it's going to, but still it's not like on a, on a, on a, on an almost like negative vibe. It's just like, yeah, you wanna see, cause you know, we the ones that run this, you know? And we're like, ah, no, it's all good, you know? We get on stage at Squatter Camp, cause they literally were performing after us, cause obviously they the established artists. We get on stage at Squatter Camp, ah, we kill it, you know? It really goes, and, and Robbie at the time is with Spoo too short, cause he used to do, he was doing something with, 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 with Spoo. So we get on stage, we kill it, the crowd loves us. They get on stage, A, the crowd is not feeling them at all. You know what I mean? And um, to a point where, like, Spoo literally grabs the mic, he shouts at the sound person. <laughs> so Robbie, in his nature of, like, just, like, always switching up, 
He literally like looks at Smu while he's trying to get the sound person. <laughs> he puts the back, he goes, yo, and he just runs off stage, you know? And on our way back, Robbie starts going. Now Robbie's like, now Robbie's like on our side now. This is how Robbie is, you know. He's like, yeah, you know, I wanna umoyam fan. Umoya has got that church thing as more. I wanna when you go to church and they say umoya. Umoy, you know, now he's literally telling us why this song is working. But it wasn't far from the truth because even though we weren't talking about like a whole church, really, but like there's this thing when like, you know, um, in our families when you talk about church, umoya, umoy, umoy. So when you just have this word being thrown around, people just go, there's something about it. Now, how many people who felt that there's something about it, who came from our communities, were able to write a song like that? Not everybody. So all of a sudden, you start seeing that, like, there's a story behind the song. You're not just the song. This is me trying to tell you how you value what you say. This is me trying to tell you how you value what you're worth when you're speaking with someone. Are you representing a community, or are you just trying to be an American rapper? because the Americans have already represented themselves pretty well. When you say things, are the things that people are going to go, that guy is talking about me. When you say things, is the things that someone's going to go, whew, man, that was one hell of a wake-up call. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've gotten feedback like that for songs, which means I got it right. Something like Dreamer, where guys go, yo, Dreamer, man, you know, when I listen to Dreamer, it makes me feel this way, it makes me feel that way. You know, songs like Landela. So, all of a sudden, when you are feeling that, the, the thing about music, musicians are like politicians, but we speak for the right feeling. See, politicians don't have to be right, they'll be voted for. You have to be right. You have to hit the chord, from the words to the sound. And if you got the chord from the words to the sound, no matter how small or how big you are, people will go, what is that? And if anything, because young people, people always catch up to young people's things later. But if your group of people can actually go, that's who you are. I use an example like an artist like Patrick XX, who's not like, uh, like a big mainstream artist, but his peers, who some of them are a little bit ahead, always acknowledge him like, yo, this is the guy. He's in a small niche. But the point is that people are literally relating to him and going, this is the guy. So... All of a sudden, when you're making music, you got to ask yourself when you listen to this song, besides the fact that the melody is dope, you got to go, who's it speaking about? We are in need of our stories being told. Are you a part of that narrative? Or are you just going to be another artist? Y'all, you talk about lean. Lean is a narrative of the South. With DJ Screw, that's what they took. You know, that's what they were drinking. And they put that in their music. You get a chair in South Africa, and you just think it's cough mixture. But there's a story. Don't be the guy that comes in at the end and wants to have an opinion for the guys who came in for the at the beginning. You want to sign an agreement? Don't be the guy who says, I've got so much talent, but you're reading a document. You knew, you got, the trap is new. The contract is old. The contract was written years and years and years before trap and before the next genre comes. You better respect that. <laughs> when you're respecting that piece of paper, the people that wrote it are either dead or old. So you better respect your elders. 
<laughs> Go get someone to read that contract so you know what you're getting yourself into. You know, don't let your ego drive you. Yo, I got this. I got this. I'm a boss. Yo, respect your elders, man. Respect your elders. They know better than you. You know? So you got to start looking at that contract like that. Because if you don't, you know what's going to happen if you don't respect your elders. You're going to be mad at them throughout your life. And when you don't respect your elders, you know what they're going to say because they got established institution. The rest of the media is going to say, you're such a crybaby. And they're going to cover you and go, says, you know, you're just a story. Artist X or actor X says they've been ripped off. Tomorrow they're going to get a press release from the same label about a new artist. You're just selling the papers for that weekend. Be careful, you're not important. You're only important as much as you see yourself. You must be important for yourself. Don't think everyone else thinks you're important. Till this day, I don't think that I'm important. I know that like, I gotta believe that my ideas are important in my head because I gotta fight for them. And that's what underdogs do. You gotta believe in your ideas, but never, never put value on yourself and go, I'm this important. This is what's gonna happen. Life is simple. Askis, I'm sorry. Thank you. Please forgive. All the four things in life. If you get missed in everything else, that means you're the one that never read the contract. That means you have the shortcoming. That means you never respected what was coming. That's why you're mad. You got no reason to be mad. No one is trying to, is trying to take anything from you unless you're saying, I'm available to be taken. So, so with that being said, this innate potential, guys, is, is, is something that you guys need to realize that you have. But how do you value it? You start valuing it by saying, whose story am I telling? Whose story am I telling? Does anybody actually even know why people like Dira have become who they've become? Because whose story have they been telling? Even when they brought in new artists, whose story have they been telling? Besides the songs, whose story have they been telling? Simple. Mavtown. Why? Whose story are they telling? You know? You know? I mean, people go, ah, the Mavtown guys, they make this and then they... But like, maybe it's relevant because Mavtown is probably like a lot of other rural places where people go, um, I can relate to that thing that Casper's talking about because, um, or that Cooley's talking about, or that... Because whose story are they telling? So... You are here in Joburg and you think you're smart, but who you st whose story are you telling? You know, most of the people that are making it generally in the world, name your coffee, name your Trevor Noah. You gotta ask yourself, whose story are they telling? How did they get there? Don't be so quick to save the American story. Don't be so quick to tell the American story. And people go, but yeah, but what are you here to say? Ah, that's the thing. What are you here to say, though? Please, don't do this shit and try, and try sell it to us if you are not telling the story. You know, the world is looking at Africa right now. Whose story are you telling? You got a global phenomenon like depression right now. Man, we've been depressed before that shit was even popping. I'm just saying, from the communities we come from, we're being depressed before that was even popping. But whose story were we telling? 
And immediately when they talk about depression, we want to adopt their stories of depression and not the real shit that we know about where we come from, about our uncles, about our, about our nieces, about our nephews. Because of the communities they come from, the imbalance of having and not having and being forced to come from a total non-having world to a total I expect you to have world. Moving from, yo, at home, even if I got a job and I've got the smallest salary, at home they think that I'm the boss, you know. At work, I'm down here. But my people, I literally need to be like, I need to always show them that I haven't changed because I work wherever. You know what I mean? It's a constant change of personalities across your day and across your life. Man, we've been dealing with depression, you know. I mean, maybe not clinical, but like, damn, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives. So whose stories are we telling? Because once you know that, that's when you know how valuable you are. Once you have people that back up your story, that's when you know how valuable you are. That's when you can put a price. That's when someone can offer you something and you can go, no. For me, with Slick on Life, when I realized who we were talking to, I was offered three people who have a lot of money offered to buy in, buy me out, buy this, buy that. But at the time, I was like, I'm still building this thing. I don't even know what it is, but I just believe it's going to be something. I just believe it's going to be something. This was in my first year, second year, because they just saw me being consistent. And that's another thing about life. you got to hit the same door every day. Every day, boom, boom. The day you hit that door, this one gets cold, and you're starting again, making this one warm. Know what you're hitting and what you want to come out from it. It is monotonous, it is boring, it is tiring, repetitious, but when it comes back, it comes back to being exactly what it is. So they were trying to digress me to go hit here, hit here, and hit here, and hit here, and then hit here. And I was like, nah, I'm hitting here. I'm hitting here. I don't have money, though, but this is what I'm doing. I'm hitting here. I never say the price, but my worth made me feel that I can't be bought if I'm being moved from hitting here to hitting here and hitting here, you know? So if you are hitting here as a creative, keep hitting here. If this is your story, stay consistent. Because, you know, on the Internet, one day, someone is a chef. Is a chef. Hey, 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 hey I'm cooking fat cook. Hey, hey, hey. Tomorrow, he's a panel beater. Hey, hey, I'm into cars. Hey, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Tomorrow, he's a musician. Hey, hey, I'm a DJ. I'm a DJ. You see that? What type of leader are you even on your social pages? Now, I'm going to your social life now, your social pages. If I want to believe you, i got to see you doing what you say you believe in every day. But if you want to be all these personalities, then I'm like, you must be one hell of a crazy person. And I'm only going to follow you because I'm crazy too. Or if I don't know you, I'm like, what does this person even stand for? We are in a world that there's so much information. People are hungry to understand, what do you stand for? There's so much information. People just want clarity. So, bro, do you mean the sky is blue? or it's yellow, or it's purple. No, I mean the sky is blue. There is so much information today. So much information today. The guy that literally like knows what they stand for, 
or knows what they're going to communicate is the guy that people find comfort in, guy or girl. Is the guy that go, okay, that's what he stands for, so I'll be around this. The people who are lost themselves then follow everything else that everyone else says. If you are creative, you are a leader. If you are creative, you are a leader. I said it's like politics. You know what's the difference between politics and music? Besides the fact that they can get it completely wrong and still get votes? Is that we all trying to appease an audience. I've heard one politician say to another politician, while well, I read it, saying, don't whinge, man, you know it's campaign time. Meaning that <laughs> we're going to say anything right now. Yo, if that is not a positioning and a marketing strategy where you're going, I'm going to win your crowd. I mean, what's AKA and, 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 and Casper doing? They're going, who's taking whose crowd? Who's relating to whether they got their bottles involved? What are they doing? They're saying, who's got which crowd? It's a competition of crowd. You see, the difference is that they rally, we perform on stages. But it's all an audience game. It's all an audience game. The more numbers you have, the more prospects you have. So music is exactly the same way as, politi as politics. So if you want to learn how to be consistent, watch your favorite political party. Watch what they do. Watch what they say. You know, and then you go, how do I become a political party as an artist like this and drop that, that, that? Because it's really the same thing. It's just the one is macro and it's national. But depending on, you, you are in your house, but you could also be macro and national depending on where you go. So if you don't see yourself as all these things, then please eat the tomato on your own. You know, the freedom is going to give you. If music frees you, then do that. But if you're not ready for all these things, music is going to trouble you. Music is going to trouble you. Music is going to make you unhappy. You know, you will not be able to handle the ups and downs without you going, oh, I'm depressed. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to... You know, I promise you, make a decision right now. Are you eating for yourself or are you eating with everyone? And when you're eating with everyone, it involves a lot of politics. If we had to talk about labels, if I get into the simple things of labels or the type of deals that you want to do, now that we've talked about you know, self-affirmation and knowing yourself and what you're doing here and knowing your purpose and going beyond potential and adding more value than potential, which you're going to have anyway in any case. Now we've discussed that. If in, the, in this music industry, you got the three majors right now, as you would know, that are globally out there in these streets. And they're the independence labels. And I also mentioned indies, and I showed you the nature of indies globally, how like majors start eating indies over time. It's almost like, you know, they say this thing about blessers. They say um, blessers are always with young children so they can also stay young, you know? Like they're like, oh, child a young child so you stay young. It's, you know, it's a myth. It's a myth. You know, maybe blow, I don't know. But the point is that like, it's like majors do the same. They got to always stay fresh by biting what's fresher. So you got to make sure that you got, a, you got the right deal. You won't be the first that will be independent. You can either jump in as an artist deal if you need the, art, the support. Um, none of the deals are bad depending on what you need all the time. 
jump in as an artist deal if you need all the support, right? Um, either jump in a distribution deal if you, um, if you just need distribution and you've got everything else sorted. Um, artist deals, I think percentages were anything from 8 to 12% in my time. Um, distribution deal, anything between 80 to 20%. Licensing deal, meaning 80 to you, 20 to them. Um, the other artist deal is 12 to you, um, 90, 90, 90, 88 to them. Um, these are just standards and averages. And then, um, and the artist deal obviously is like that because of the things that it offers. It literally says that sit down, just make songs, we'll take care of everything, which we've never seen. And then also, you also have uh, the licensing deal. Licensing deal is anything between 70, 30, 70 to you, 30 to them. Basically, that's them. You still, you still own your masters there. So artist deal, I forgot, also they own your masters, yeah? Um, distribution, you also own your masters. Um, and then, um, and... Licensing deal is 70-30 normally. Um, that's them, you take 70, they take 30. Um, that's them saying that like um, you're giving them the rights to use your name, image, and your likeliness to promote this music under their label. And, um, and they, probably give, they could probably give you a budget for videos, probably or probably not. But they literally saying as a label, they got the resources to support you, so they'll give you a licensing deal. And then, um, and just by the way, in a hundred years, these guys have figured out to break it down like this, just as an FYI, you know. Um, they've created structure on what kind of deal they have with individuals. And then there's also got, they've, also got the, they've also got the single deal. The single deal is literally like um, maybe one single we done with you type thing, you know. And then they've also got like the 360 deal, which is the 360 deal is really the new deal that's really developed. I mean, I don't think that's more than... 10 years, but a 360 deal is like them literally like looking across everything. So if you, it's your shows, your manager, but they literally say they're going to fund everything. But that's really also the new commercial model for labels because music on its own is not really going to make you make money as they know. So they're saying that, listen, if we put money to make you famous, if we put money to get like a brand to call you up to say we want to create a clothing line or to say that we want to sell liquor, we are part of that deal because if it wasn't for our investment in you, you wouldn't be getting those calls. So 360 deals are literally like that, um, where they like take everything everywhere. Um, and then obviously, you know, you've got your four writers, you've got your publishing deals. Publishing deals are just a straight deal where where you either where, where you got, either give people like um, they look over like what goes what plays on radio, television, and pay you on that um, master rights, um, sync rights, all those things. Though they it's too that's one business. Even though like you find Sony ATV or or Warner or other even recording labels are getting into publishing. So it's two different things. It's two different businesses. Um, these the, which is, I've just described the recording label and the publishing business. Now, you gotta decide at the end of the day, um, where do you think your tomato will get the most value? Where do you think your tomato will get the best growth? Where do you think your tomato will actually be consumed and supported properly? So when it lands on someone's phone, literally they go, it is fresh and I never had to struggle. Oh, that looks dope. Man, I wanna be a part of that life. So you gotta make that decision once you've decided what type of farmer you are in the music business with this potential you have. That was an Amp Studios Music Industry podcast brought to you by Old Mutual. I hope you're learning a lot and loving the series. 
please subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss out on more. And if you'd like to see videos or access more content or even use the Amp Studios facilities, or maybe you just want to be part of our Amp Studios journey, go to our website. That's ampedstudios.co.za. Ampdstudios.co.za and sign up there. You can also sign up by sending your name to our WhatsApp line on 081 707 6636. That's 081-707-6636. Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za.